So it's uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve, 2022. And we've uh, passed the winter solstice, so we're beginning to uh, receive more light. So this time of year, um, it's often the time people are getting together with their families and visiting different places. Um, it's often a, quite a social time for some people. And I've been thinking about the the imageries of uh, Christmas and Christmas time, the lights, uh, sort of the sometimes the spectacles on TV, the things people put in their yards, a Chithurst monastery, um, the closest neighbor, which is about uh, 100, 150 feet away. And um, they're actually surrounded by Chithurst land. The forest is actually surrounds their entire property. They, uh, on Christmas, put together an unbelievable visual spectacle with uh, like a robotic Santa Claus and um, very, yeah, I, I don't even know. It's just uh, incredibly elaborate, different, many different sites you can see. And so I, I've been reflecting recently about, about this uh, sense that we, we utilize so much for ourselves, a sense of sight. And uh, this has come about through a conversation I, I had for, it was like in a, about an hour and a half with, um, I was lucky enough to have this with Joseph Goldstein. I'd asked him if I could come and speak with him when uh, I was in Massachusetts at IMS um, for a month, and I was, of course, enjoying uh, mostly the entire month the teachings of Lumpur Suchito, one of my foundational teachers. And, um, but, and, and Lumpur Suchito also touched on this in, in many talks. He'll speak about the visual sign or, or how we um, really engage with, with the, the objects of the eye. Um, but it was Joseph who was talking about this as a, something that he really lends himself to in his own practice. And I think if uh, any of you can think about the, the sense, if we at least take out the sense of the mind, uh, with the other five senses, it's, it's really this visual sense that is uh, so um, enthralling, interesting, absorbing, uh, where, we, where we, it's the sense where we get so much of our, our experience from. Um, 
so much of our, our information comes from the, the object of sight. So for myself, when I, when I give a Dhamma talk, I notice that I often uh, will close my eyes. And I can, I'll do that for like a, you know, however long I give the talk for. And uh, it's just that, that sense of needing to kind of step away from, from such a, uh, an entrancing um, experience that I have. And so I, I kind of relate to that a lot, uh, or have been trying to relate to that more so uh, after, after talking with Joseph and really th kind of thinking about this in my practice. So that the, the simplicity around it is just that oftentimes as we're, we're walking around, we're not engaged in our formal practice, which for most of us, at least in the Theravada tradition, that's done with our eyes closed. Um, most, most people in the room are, have their eyes closed, at least the monastics do. Um, and so that, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's fine, that's very, very good, but it's, um, but there's so many times when we use this, um, this sense organ, the eye, the visual experience, and um, at least for myself, I have a tendency to just absorb into it and, and just forget like that there's, there's a whole process going on that I'm not aware of. Even in just the use of the, uh, the khandas, we think of contact and then the feeling that arises from contact. Um, you know, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And then we have the perception that, that arises in that. Uh, and this process is so incredibly fast. You know, the, the perception is just a, a, a very quick notion of what something is when we're looking at it, and it's, it's almost imperceptible, I think, that, that sense, until, until we finally get into this kind of creating tendency. Uh, we kind of put it all together, and that's what the, the sankara is. Uh, these are mental formations that are formed by us. And finally, consciousness is the, is the knowing of that. Um, it's the cognizing, the, the, the sense that that all of that is actually known. So with the eye the object, this is happening so quickly uh, that it's very easy for us to get absorbed and, um, and it's very alluring. Uh, it's, it's very much, you know, I, would, I would estimate maybe 80% of the time this is the, the object we're paying attention to. And uh, it's just very normal for us, but when you start to lend uh, your, your mind to what the experience of that is, it's, it's quite helpful. And uh, it starts to break up uh, that, that absorbing influence uh, that the eye organ has, that eye consciousness has. And so the, the way this is, this is often, or, or the way this can be done is just you know, for example, if you, um, if you open your eyes and you just look at an object, you know, what is the immediate uh, experience that you have? It's the eye goes out, and then, and then it's this contact and a sense of like, wh what am I looking at? What, what are the features of it? Or the Buddha would call the features of the signs. 
uh, those things that we're grasping at, the specifics about it, the descriptors. And we're, we then move into evaluating. We're, we're continuously evaluating something um, that we're looking at. And this is just done in a, in a constant way. It's, it's done all the time. Um, and so, you know, people now with, with, with screens, I know when I look at a screen, it's just a complete absorption, in, absorption into it where um, the sense of all, uh, all time, th things just are no longer existing. It's just sort of one click after the next, one interest after the next. And when that's not, when that's not sort of checked or looked at, um, it has, I find, uh, quite a detrimental negative effect uh, on the mind. It, it keeps things sort of cloudy, confused, uh, and just based on developing more interest and desire um, to see more, more things. And so that's why it's, uh, it's very helpful. And one of the, one of the ways that this can, uh, we can attend to the visual sight is to actually come back into our bodies. And we start to notice like, whoa, what, what's actually happening in our minds? What's the experience we have where we, what we often forget is that we're breathing. Uh, we, we forget that there's a whole, uh, there's a body. You know, and so it's, it's quite helpful to, um, whenever we're using that object of sight, to just keep coming back to bringing the mind inward. And as obvious as this might sound, I just want to ask the question, you know, how often does this occur for us? How often are we lending that an interest um, to that? Are we um, sort of pulling away from the interest we have in sight, uh, the spectacle, the, the allure of it? And this is what makes it hard, is that it is so alluring, it is so compelling that we want to keep looking at things and exploring and understanding. And so what we're, what we're trying to gain in, in an understanding with this is um, a wise sort of reflection around how sight works, uh, how we do get absorbed uh, in visual imagery. When we look at, at, at another person, you know, we, can, we determine things all about them. We determine their age, whether they're a threat to us, um, whether they uh, are somebody who's, who we might be attracted to or, um, or somebody who we're repelled by, if they're a friend or a foe, just through our own vision we, can, we start to put up either our own defenses or we start to drop those defenses. We see somebody is friendly, there's no, no reason to, to be afraid. Or the opposite occurs. And this is all through our, this all can be done through uh, without, without using any of our other senses. And so that, as I'm saying, this is, you know, this is occurring con constantly. Anytime we have our eyes open, this is where we're, we're often perceiving and understanding. And so if we don't mark this as a point for our mindfulness, our awareness, then we're losing out on a, a huge part of our practice. In fact, that's where um, a lot of unchecked desires can arise. And 
we can lose a lot of perspective on uh, what can be quite important in our lives just because this visual object becomes so important to us. One of the ways that the Buddha talks about this is, is also through um, <clears throat> what he de describes as yoni so manasikara. Um, and that is, as I was talking about, having a, a wise attention to what we're looking at. And so in that way, we're, we're actually checking our minds. We're actually seeing, okay, that uh, we know that there's attraction, for example. We're seeing beauty. And so the Buddha encourages us to flip that and see, well, that, that there is, that's, that's a, a sense of um, Nietzsche, our, our sense of permanence around that. Uh, we're, we're just seeing it as a permanent uh, object of beauty, and we're not seeing that it's consistently changing. So he doesn't, the Buddha doesn't um, have a sense of, of not acknowledging beauty. He doesn't say it doesn't exist, but it's still something we're putting together. Beauty is still a sankhara. Um, you can have two people looking at the same object and one says that's quite beautiful and the other, the other might disagree. And so with that, with that sense of beauty, we also can see that there are possibly things we're not looking at. You know, we, we often ignore a lot of uh, unbeautiful aspects uh, of whatever objects we're looking at. You know, so for example, we, we see a a person who we're attracted to, or a very beautiful person. But then, if you start to look closely, like, you can see that there, there, there are senses of that, that unbeautiful or the, or the um, unattractive within that. One thing I, I, I've noticed just in, um, I don't think I've ever seen any human being whose one of, the, one of their eyes is not uh, kind of as, as open as the other. This isn't any kind of pictorial or just uh, seeing a person live, seeing a person right in front of you. It's always that way. And we sometimes, we don't see that, these, this, this kind of imperfection, but it's in every single person I think I've ever seen. The eyes are not even. One is, is slightly more closed. It's, it's somehow, I'm not sure how that works, but that's what I've consistently seen with people. I see it in myself. But when we look at somebody who we believe is very beautiful or, or that, that's what comes to our mind, we, we actually don't see that unevenness. We, would, we might say something like, oh, they have such beautiful eyes. But if you look at deeply in somebody's eyes, you see blood vessels imperfections there. But that's what we ignore. You know, we're, we're constantly moving our, our sense of attention to see beauty, to keep it going, because that's alluring to us, it's exciting, it's interesting. And in order to see beauty, you, the, the eye actually does have to keep moving. It has to keep continuing scanning an object and, and looking, because if you do look for a very long time in one particular place, well, usually boredom occurs. It's not very exciting to look at somebody's earlobe for 45 minutes. But if the mind is, is scanning, then uh, just seeing a person getting absorbed in their beauty, then 
that's what can occur. It's just moving and, and not staying at all in the same place because, as I said, that's just too boring. And also, those imperfections would begin to show up. So even our sense of sight isn't, isn't real, it's not true, it's something that um, is deceiving us in many ways. And so wise attention, this yoni so manasikara, it's, it's kind of the, <clears throat> the, the way that that word works is um, yoni so is, is like origin or womb, the beginning of things, the origin of things or the womb of, of where things begin. So that's, um, and then manasikara is a sense of attention. So it's paying attention to the origin or paying attention to actually like seeing clearly into something or how something begins. And so the Buddha really encouraged us with that in terms of the sense of impermanence. And so uh, we, we try to pay attention to, for our understanding of the Dhamma, that as much as we create an idea of permanence in our, our visual experiences, they're constantly not permanent. You know, there, there are senses we have that things are, are changing all the time. And if you think about somebody who has something like color blindness, it's not even like, we can't even say that color is actually true. Some of us can't even agree on colors that we see. So these are kind of changing phenomena all the time. Or if you think about how often you, you mistake things with your vision, <clears throat> you can mistake people. Um, and all kinds of things can, can occur that are, are fooling us in a way. There are even these kinds of, of times when you, you know, these psychological experiments where you can look at particular things and it really appears to you that absolutely a, a particular line or object or whatever it might be is bigger than another and, and it's just wrong. It's not, it's not true. So vision is also something that we put a lot of trust into. You know, we, we talk about that. We say seeing is believing. <clears throat> but it's really, you know, it's really more of an experience of uh, we should have is really telling ourselves from a Buddhist perspective is seeing is, is uh, disbelieving. Or at least it would be helpful if we, we lended ourselves to that. Often uh, another aspect of sight within this sense of yoni so manisikara is that we, we ignore the element of dukkha around it. You know, that you can't always have uh, pleasant visual experiences that there's a side of, of uh, discomfort or dis-ease that will arise with the eye object. And what I find is, is that that's, that's constantly trying to be hidden, that sense of dukkha. And it's just something that like, if we're looking for interest, entertainment, we can't really, we can't do that unless, again, we're, we're constantly creating that within our visual field. And so we're, we're often running away from this sense of dukkha, this discomfort that might come from, from boredom or 
or whatever it is that we're experiencing from our sight. <clears throat> and so it's, it's, quite, uh, it's quite an incredible uh, sense object to, to be paying attention to, a sense, our sense organ that we're paying attention to. Uh, and it's uh, um, quite helpful uh, when, we, when we really start to lend our minds to it uh, as much as we can throughout um, every day, you know, every hour that we can. We can try to bring that up, like, what am I actually looking at? And we can question that for ourselves. You know, we, we say, oh, I'm looking at this person, or I'm looking at myself in the mirror. And how do we create that for, for each other? You know, how do we... Uh, for example, when you look in the mirror, you know, you know, have you have you stared in the mirror for like twenty minutes, and you know, would that be a comfortable thing? Where does the mind go? Does it start to notice age? Does does the thought of death come up? Uh, illness. I don't know if I've ever heard somebody thinking, oh, I wish I looked a lot older. I wish there were more gray hairs, more pockmarks, scars. And how is it that we're so attuned to a face? The face of our own, defining who and what we are. That's where, you know, often we can see a sense of self arise. And there's so much that we're missing if we're not really paying attention to this, if we're not paying attention to that sense organ that I said was what I estimated about 80% of our, our experience. That's where we receive so much of our information. And yet if we're not, if we're not really bringing that to mind, then we're, we're missing out uh, on so much of, of our, our experience with the, what the Buddha is really encouraging us through with his, his teachings. It's possible if we really lended our minds to our object of sight, this could, this could allow for um, a, a very deep quality of understanding uh, the Dhamma, understanding the truth. So um, I think what, what we have to be very careful of is how, uh, how sight is encouraging us not to do that, or how our minds attuning to the visual objects, just, it's kind of, there's a sense of why bother, or I'd rather enjoy this without actually having to perceive something, or, or uh, do something different. And it can seem like the whole intention around our, uh, our object of sight, our objects of sight and, and our, our sense organs and eye consciousness, how these kind of come together through contact, it's, it's, it's almost like, well, no, the intention is for enjoyment. And we want, we want to enjoy what we're seeing. And from a sensual point of view, uh, it makes sense. That's, of, of course, what we want. But the, I think from the, the Dhamma side of it, what we want to start doing is to enjoy seeing the Dhamma through our, our visual experience. So when we're paying attention to uh, 
objects of sight where we're actually enjoying our own understanding of the impermanence of those objects. The dukkha that is held within uh, our own sense of uh, creating a permanence around them or creating beauty. So in terms of um, actually practicing with this, I think the, one of the, the main aspects and the easiest aspects around it are, uh, as I started to mention in the beginning of the talk, is really paying attention to our bodies. And really trying to have a, a sense of understanding how the mind goes out, out into the physical uh, objects that we see and, and becomes absorbed by them, or absorbed into them. And that's our, our desire. There, there isn't a, a sense of wanting to really um, analyze or, or, or see clearly through this, because the whole idea is, um, is to really kind of, as I said, enjoy what it is we're seeing. My mom... Uh, just mentioned to me that my, my brother um, is on a flight to Paris right now. And does that conjure up when I say that to you, Paris? It's usually a visual image. What are we seeing? Eiffel Tower, the, I think it's the Chantelis, the, or they say, the, um, all the qualities of, of uh, France, the beaches, the whatever it might be. Um, but of course, pa Paris brings up a certain visual sense, and the, 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 you know, what, what came to my mind, it wasn't so soon after, right when my mom said it, but I was like, oh, the sights my brother will see. The enjoyment he will have, you know, walking through Paris, being in Paris. And that's, you know, that's why we, people will go and they'll fly all the way around the world. They can see a city. It's an incredible aspect of, of, of human beings that we, you know, we do. We, we um, have this incredible technology and in order to, to have access to all of these visual things, we we're, we're willing to, to get on a, a, a machine that flies us around the world. And then so we can, we can have these spectacles of, of, uh, of visual experiences. The Buddha in one of uh, more his more profound suttas uh, explains that we we can't get to um, we can't realize nibbana by just kind of continuing on seeking world after world. Even if we were to go from to to see every heavenly realm and. Um, 
hell realm and ghostly realms and go through the entire universe traveling. It's just, we can't get there that way. That's not how Nibbana is realized. It's an internal job. And so now, of course, people don't need to, um, they don't need to, to go to Paris. We can just put on our, um, I think it's called Oculus or whatever. We can turn on our screens. We can just, we can see the whole world. For hours, we can forget to eat or drink. And, um, and this absorption this just occurs and it's just, uh, it's just seen as having a greater good. So I think our, uh, if we're practicing with the Buddha's teachings, then it's just, it's just more and more lending ourselves um, to, to an interest in this process of our absorption into visual experience. And it takes a lot of reminding and uh, cajoling and, and trying, excuse me, trying to get the, the mind interested in, in this, um, in the Dhamma aspect of sight because of that, that particular allure. And so then when we start to really push ourselves in that direction, uh, I think the world can open up, especially if we're using mindfulness of the body and noticing just how that very process works and how that, that sense of experience of moving into, um, into our, our visual consciousness works. So that we're, again, we're not so allured by it, we're not so entranced by it. And we get to see that there's, there's a danger in that entrancement, that uh, almost entrapment through that eye consciousness. And that there are particular feelings, there's particular experiences that we have, a whole emotive field that we might not be aware of if we're not paying attention to it. And we can begin to see that there are some things that we don't want to look at. They're too enticing for us or they haven't really helped us in certain ways. And it doesn't mean that we close our eyes, but we start to see very clearly, okay, what is it that's helpful for me to pay attention to and what is it that it is not, you know, what is not helpful for me to, to lend my attention to? How can I keep myself from being absorbed? It's possible to do this, for example, like just watching a movie or um, seeing uh, other people, you know, We can continue to, you know, come back to the body and and draw our our, uh, our understanding from that experience, from what it is that we're seeing. And so it's not it's not a, a sense of um, of just closing our eyes and cutting ourselves off. It's really trying to lend our mind to to an interest in what is actually going on. Why do we, I keep looking in this direction, looking for this satisfaction? And so then when we see the truth of it, we see like, oh, it's actually not that interesting. And we get interested in what our, our sort of internal experiences, what our minds are doing.
how that dukkha is being experienced by us and how we can extricate ourselves from it through just attending wisely, through mindfulness, being heedful with what it is we're, we're paying attention to, what it is we're looking at. And, and also sometimes it is appropriate, you know, when we know, oh, if I look at this particular thing, it's going to be stirring to me. And so then we start to recognize that there is a joy that comes out of not being stirred. Uh, there's a happiness that arises through that. And we can do that through, again, through that mindfulness of the body, that sense of our own experience of what it is that uh, we're particularly feeling. So these are um, just some words of encouragement and uh, sort of a, a, a yeah, just I guess just a reminder about something that's quite basic but uh, very real for us. And um, there's not really much of an escape from um, for those of us who can see. You know, acknowledging that there's there's some people that just can't can't see, and this is not the sense that they would um, be absorbed in at all. But for those of us who do see, then just to encourage that carefulness and uh, really paying attention to how it is that we we get absorbed and obsessed with the object of the the eye organ the objects of the eye <clears throat>